Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. And I'm so glad you're here, babes. This podcast is all about opening up, having important conversations and celebrating successes, as well as overcoming obstacles to reign over our own lives. I love to chat to people and I always find things in these conversations to take away and use in my own life. So I really hope you'll find the same as well. Welcome to Rain. If you love the Netflix hit show Heartstopper as much as I did, prepare yourselves because today we are joined by one of the show stars, Kit Connor. After getting his break as the teenage Alton John in Rocketman, Kit hit the big time when he landed the role of Nick. Based on the graphic novels by Alice Oseman, Heartstopper follows a coming-of-age romance between two teenagers, Nick and Charlie, who's played by Joe Locke. If you haven't seen it, race to Netflix right now. It's heartwarming, joyful, and if you're anything like me, you're going to be sobbing for hours. Today, fresh from the show's huge success, Kit talks to us about winning his role in Heartstopper, his epic relationship with his co-star Joe, and why he thinks no one has the right to know anyone else's sexuality. Here, here. I love what Kit has to say about feeling so empowered by being surrounded by so many proud queer people and bringing these important storylines to life. So I hope you love hearing from Kit as much as I did. Crowns at the ready, let's rain. Well, hi Kit, how are you? I'm great, thank you, how are you? I'm good. I mean, I've been on a bit of a roller coaster in the last 24 hours because I've just finished Heartstopper. And I mean, there was tears of joy, there was tears of sadness. Like, you really took us on a journey, didn't you? It's just lots of crying, lots of sort of good crying and bad crying and, yeah, everything in between that, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, it's a very cathartic experience. I think that's a yeah, good way of it's sort describing of, it's sort of, it. It's sort of just playing on every emotion in the book, essentially. That's that's our main goal, is to just try and make you feel, like you said, like an exact, like an emotional roller coaster. Mm, love it. I mean, game, set, match, achieved. Done. Wow, thank you so much. <laughs> but I mean, what's so great about it when I was watching it that I loved about it so much that I think even if you're not part of the LGBTQIA plus community, you, everyone can see themselves in these characters. Everyone is reflected in these characters at some point. When you first met these characters, how did you see yourself reflected in Heartstopper? I mean, I think that, you know, it's exactly like you said, you hit the nail on the head. There's so many characters uh, with so many different sort of backstories and from different walks of life. And 
um, you really can sort of everyone can get something from someone. And I, you know, I play Nick Nelson, um, who is obviously this sort of everyone assumes that he's straight, but he's this very popular sort of rugby boy. Um, and he's that sort of at the beginning, he seems to be that stereotypical kind of popular straight rugby boy. Yeah. And um, I think that so many people can relate to his story um, both in terms of like, you know, sexuality, but then also just his general kind of mental struggle of being a, I suppose of being sort of someone who has to deal with expectations. You know, for me, um, what I immediately saw with Nick Nelson was the fact that he has to deal with these extremely high expectations of him that he doesn't seem to really not just meet, but then also they're just like the wrong expectations, you know, mm. then they're not him. They expect him to be someone that he isn't. Um, and I think that that's something that, you know, so many people can relate to, you know, whether those expectations come from your school friends or, or your parents, you know, it's little things like in the show, um, you know, Nick's mum makes a comment going, I'm sure there's the right girl, you know, out there for you. And just that one word just sort of almost, almost kills him and sort of just flips everything on its head. Um, which I think is, yeah, I think it's very relatable. Mm. And I think it's such an interesting exploration of masculinity, full stop, mm. regardless of sexuality as well. And I think we're living in a time now where we're kind of exploring a new sense of what being a masculine person can mean and the For different sure. nuances to that and the packet and the and sort of breaking down the packaging of what that means. Mm. And I think we can all be very guilty of having to adhere to certain labels of what that's like sometimes. For you, what kind of what has kind of been your relationship with that kind of label at different times, would you say? I mean, I think that, you know, like you say, masculinity is a very sort of, it's that kind of age old word and it has sort of slowly evolved, um, which I think is, is a brilliant thing. I mean, obviously, like I was saying, one of those expectations that is had about Nick is that he is this sort of stereotypically masculine, um, that kind of heteronormative kind of expectation that he is this this you know testosterone fueled rugby player um but i also think that you know nick's exploration through the show isn't his masculinity isn't really challenged it's not like he sort of mm. you know it's not like his masculinity he becomes any less masculine in the show if anything you know he just he really shows his sort of um bravery and and like strength of character you know i think masculine is is a sort of an interesting word because it has very at times very sort of like i think old-fashioned sort of connotations um and you know i think nick generally what i would associate with sort of masculinity is like is is generally kind of like strength of character you know and i think the sort of sort of bravery and and I don't know that kind of sense of perseverance and I I think that Nick throughout the show becomes more sort of sure of himself and sure of who he is and and comfortable with himself if anything mm. uh, which allows him you know that final final moment without spoiling anything that final moment on the on the rugby pitch at at, at um sports day 
I think is is like the culmination of him just sort of really accepting who he is and loving who he is and and, and showing the world who he is. Um, I think that is, you know, I mean, I think that's about as strong and brave as, as you can be. Mm, 100%. And I think you see that journey so perfectly throughout the whole of the show. And yeah. I mean, it is a, we've used the word journey about 10 times already. So we're, we'll keep going with that word because mm. this really has been a journey for you personally, right? Like from when you first started doing this, when you first got that first audition to now, let's mm. go right back to the beginning. Where were you when you found out about this part for the first time? So I was in my dining room, um, eating dinner with my parents actually. And then I got this phone call and I kind of knew it was from my agent. I kind of knew roughly what it might be about. It was either a yes or a no. So I thought, okay, this could either be a very, very, very good phone call or a very bad one. So I'm going to go upstairs. Don't want my parents to see this. Um, Cause otherwise it could, it could get, it could get messy, you know? So <laughs> I went upstairs, I got this phone call, you know, my agent was, was so excited. You know, she was, she was so happy that, that, that they'd offered me the role. And, you know, I, I, I was obviously like just buzzing and just trying to contain my um, excitement to the point that I, I went back downstairs. I was thinking, I'll try and play it cool. I could try and do something kind of funny here, kind of cool. I went downstairs and then just sat back down at the table and kept on eating. Um, and my parents had obviously realized what might have been going on. So then they were probably, they probably thought I, you know, didn't get it and was just trying to, forget about it and not talk about it but so they were just like um uh, was that okay how was the phone call and I was just like oh yeah it's fine I'm just uh just gonna be in a Netflix show um and literally I mean my parents loved it I, th- I thought I thought I played it very cool but I'm also told by my parents that to be honest they could kind of tell so I I'm you know <laughs> I'm not that I'm not that good of an actor to be able to hide that much excitement <laughs> But I mean, your acting skills are on point in the show, so that's fine. Well, if you can't nail it at the dining room table, you killed it on the show, so it's absolutely I fine. I was just saving it up, really. I was saving yeah, it you up, were saving yeah. it up for the big moment. For sure, and then when for you sure. then stepped on that set for the first time, I mean, it's such a big material in so many ways as mm. well. Did you have any self-doubt? And at any moments, did you have any self-doubt about it? And if you did, how did you overcome those moments? I think that it's very natural, like whenever you step on a set to get some kind of imposter syndrome and sort of think like, especially because I was being set up as like one of the most um, experienced actors on set. And that's very new to me. I'm not, you know, because it was a very, it was a set full of like, you know, very fresh faces and and very kind of um, young actors who were completely new to the industry, which was, which was amazing. But it did mean that, you know, I was going into it just, they were almost presenting me as, oh, you know, Kit Connor, he's been in Rocket Man, he's done this and done that. And I was, you know, I was 17 just before I, um, just before we started filming, I just turned 17. And, you know, I was, I'm still very much, I'm not exactly a, a veteran as an actor, but, you know, I, so I was definitely feeling like, oh my God, you know, the pressure's on. But at the same time, you know I was just so keen to do it you know I think it's such an amazing production to be a part of um and you know the Hearthstone fans are incredible and and extremely supportive and I just knew that you know if we did it right then this could be a really important show so I was you know obviously I was a little bit nervous but I think the main thing was just pure 
excitement, really. Mm. And then speaking of experienced actors, you then find out that your on-screen mum is going to be Olivia Coltman. Mm. And you don't get more experience than like an Oscar winner, <laughs> Olivia Coltman, <laughs> really. Yeah. What were some of those moments on set with her where you were like, pinch me, I can't believe this is actually happening? I mean, honestly, like even just finding out that we were going to be like, that she was going to be playing my mum was incredible because I didn't even know, like we didn't know until maybe two, three weeks before. And then suddenly it was like, oh my Lord, you know, Olivia Coleman. There was always a question mark around who was going to play, um, play my mum. And suddenly, yeah, we got the news. But um, I mean, working with her, we, we spent two days filming with her because she's, you know, she's, she's a very, very, very busy woman in the industry. But um, yeah, I mean, those two days were incredible. She was just so bubbly and 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 warm and yeah I mean I think probably the biggest pinch me moment for me was there was this scene where um I mean there's sort of like the main scene between her and I where I essentially sort of discuss my sexuality with her at the end of the show and it was so unbelievable because we sort of read through it the first time and more like, you know, normally when you read it through the first time, you sort of go maybe 50%. You don't go the full sort of, you know, how you're going to do it when you're actually filming. And then suddenly like a tear was rolling down our face like as we were just reading through the lines. So I was thinking, oh my God, like this is, I, you know, I, how am I going to, how am I going to compete with this? How am I going to act alongside this absolute, you know, I mean, honestly, I don't even know how to how to explain how talented she is and how skillful she is. But I was just thinking at that point, like, okay, I really need to step up my game here because otherwise, I'm going to be shown up very, very quickly. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, being shown up by Olivia Coleman is like it could be worse. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair enough, you know. But yeah, I'm desperate think... to like not be like, oh, yeah, it's Olivia Coleman, and then that's like you know, kid, you know. Yeah, and then here's the competition winner. It's not like that at all. Yeah, it definitely yeah, exactly. comes across like you're going toe to toe with her, which is so amazing. And then that that relationship also goes right through. And then on the flip side, of that you have Joe, who's literally doing like mm. pretty much his first ever on screen acting job, and it's so palpable the amazing friendship that you've obviously built with him on screen and off screen. And it's so amazing to see that kind of chemistry on screen and have that level of friendship and trust shown in that way. How do you think you have leaned on one another during the process and then also in the reaction as well? Because that must be surreal when your whole life just changes like yeah. that. I mean, honestly, I think I think the most sort of the biggest change has been like since the show's come out, that's when we've really, it's really helped to have one another, you know, and be, you know, have that kind of relationship where we can just because Joe and I are, ve are very close to the point that we can just sort of take the mick out of each other and we're very comfortable with each other so a lot of the time it, we will just sort of just be hurling these like stupid insults at each other um, and, and I think it's really good to be honest because it does just sort of if we're doing something that's brand new that we're not used to that is a little bit daunting it's good to have us because we could just you know, start taking the mick out of each other and it will just diffuse the tension completely and we just feel a bit more at ease. But then also I think, you know, the show coming out and having the reaction that it's had, I think that we've sort of 
lent on each other a lot more because you know there'll be certain things that happen that you know we weren't expecting to happen and and we can sort of discuss them with one another and and work out how each other kind of handle them you know um like for example being recognized in the street you know it's it's something it's very helpful to have another person who's your age who's also just starting to go through these experiences because you can just sort of discuss it so I think yeah I mean having Joe you know by my side has been extraordinarily useful and, and helpful um yeah and has made me feel a lot sort of more comfortable about the whole process I think hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film If only in theaters May 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The fandom for the show is insanity. Like I was looking mm. on Twitter earlier and it's honestly yeah. crazy. It's like up there with the Bridgerton level of people who just go absolutely thirsty for it. Yeah. And then on the sadly on the flip side, you then have the trolls that come into it mm. as well. What's that been like to deal with that kind of external criticism? I mean, I think that for the most part, I have to say for the most part, the reaction to Heartstopper has been very positive. Like overwhelmingly positive really um and throughout the whole process the you know the diehard Heartstopper fans have been you know following us you know from the beginning to the end and it's been wonderful and they've been so supportive and they were just so excited for it to come out um but yeah so I, I think that's amazing I mean obviously there are every so often there are definitely a few sort of you know trolls who will make comments and things like that and I think that the danger of that is that for every nine amazing comments, you get one sort of slightly, slightly mean one. And you do tend to focus a little bit more on the mean one. So I think, again, that's been helpful to have Joe there because Joe's been going to, through the exact same thing. But I think, you know, when you make a show, people are going to have their opinions and people are going to, you know, want to sort of speculate about things and, they, you know, they're going to talk about it. And I think the, the nature of social media is that people feel very comfortable um, talking mm. about things that, that perhaps they wouldn't say in real life. And I think that's a great thing for some people. You know, it gives them a safe space um, to sort of, you know, express themselves. But, you know, for some people, it sort of just gives them a bit of a, a sort of a way to be mean and to, mm. sort of, I don't know, kind of voice their aggressions and things like that which I think is a bit is a bit problematic but yeah I mean I think we we were all expecting some sort of negative criticism and some positive criticism I think that's sort of comes with the nature of making a show um and yeah I mean 
I think we're all just we're all extremely happy with the reaction to the show and how people have sort of generally responded to it. Yeah, so I think I think we can we can we can manage the the odd sort of troll. Yeah, and I think it's very powerful what you put on Twitter. The other day, actually, we mm. said apparently some people on here know my sexuality better than I do because yeah. I just don't think that anyone on this planet has a right to anyone's uh, yeah. identity in any level. And I think that was such a powerful statement to put out there. I think it's something that's very important to sort of um, make people aware of because I think especially with, with a show like Heartstopper, I, one thing that I found I have found sort of difficult to like, understand as well, sort of certain comments made about Joe and his appearance and things like that. I think that there's, I, I don't understand how you could watch a show like Heartstopper, which is just so um, joy filled and mm. sort of positive and just warm and then come out of it um, after enjoying it and then come out of it and say something so sort of, I don't know, just, just mean. And I think, I think, you know, with, 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 in regards to my tweet, you know, I just think that there's a danger, you know, with especially things like social media to risk, you know, we're all in the cast. We're all, I'm 18. I think, you know, the, we have a few sort of people in their early twenties as well. And even those like older members of the cast, you know, we're still all so young and to start sort of speculating about our sexualities and, and maybe pressuring us to come out, you know, when maybe we're not ready. I mean, for me, I just feel like I'm perfectly, you know, confident and comfortable in my sexuality, but I don't feel the need to really, you know, I'm, I'm not too big on labels and things like that. I'm not massive about that. And I don't feel like I need to label myself, especially not publicly, but I do find it, uh, to be honest, I actually, that tweet was, it was sort of slightly calling them out, but it was also just like, I honestly found it a little bit funny how they had, mm. they, they, they just make assumptions about, about, you know, it, it's 2022. I, it feels a bit strange to make assumptions about a person's sexuality, just based on, you know, hearing their voice or seeing their appearance or, you know, I, I feel like that's, that's a very interesting, slightly problematic sort of assumption to make. Oh my God, 100%. And yeah. like you were saying, focus on the joy of it because yeah. there is so many pockets of joy. And like we said at the top of the podcast, like this is for everyone. This isn't just yeah. an LGBTQIA plus show. This is for everyone, any age, like everyone can relate to it at certain points. And I think that's what's so special about it. And that's why there's so many scenes that people have become so obsessed with mm. as well. For you kind of off screen what were the kind of moments that you'll really cherish and remember and hold with you the laugh out loud moments what were those for you I mean you know we would always hang out sort of in between scenes and you know we we had lunch together a lot of the time and we used to go out on weekends as a cast and you know we spent a lot of time sort of bonding and um you know I spent a lot of time with Joe obviously I don't know I think there are honestly so many moments. Um, I mean, for example, you know, there was one time where we were just sitting in, I think it was Will's dressing room, and um, we were all given a speaker at the beginning of shooting, and he just started playing some songs on the speaker, and we'd all ordered them, some pizzas in, 
And we were just sitting on the floor, just talking and listening to music and eating. And it was, sounds very simple, but it was just really nice. You know, it was really sort of, I don't know. It was just a nice time. We just all sort of enjoyed each other's company and um, just had a chat and, and listened to music and ate, as I said. And I think that's, that's all you really need sometimes. It's, you know, but I think also, you know, the amount of stuff that we were doing on set, um, the rugby scenes, for example, you know, there, there was so much during shooting, even while we were filming, that were just so fun. But yeah, I think as a cast, we just really enjoy hanging out and sort of talking and spending time and you know, sort of mucking about a little bit. We are all very young and just sort of like, like chilling out, really. Yeah, and I think that's what it comes across so well on screen as well, that camaraderie, that friendship and that community. And I guess the whole purpose of the show in a way is they're all individually trying to figure out not only who they are, but who their who their group are, who their people are. And I think everyone yeah. goes through that at some point in their lives. When you think about that concept in itself, do you what does that make you reflect back on your own experiences of like navigating friendships and finding your people, your community in a way? I think that that's a very sort of important thing for a lot of people to go through. It's sort of, sometimes it's important to make friends that maybe like, maybe aren't the best because it kind of teaches you about making friends and about like kind of learning, you know, who, who you should be spending your time with. I mean, I've, bear in mind, so I was a, you know, a child actor, you know, by the time I was, um, in secondary school, I had done a couple of films and I'd done a couple of TV shows and things like that. So I wasn't, you know, particularly well known, but I was known in my school as like the actor mm. to, a, to an extent. Um, and I do think that at times I definitely attracted people um, as like friends who maybe weren't with me, like sort of hanging out with me for all the right reasons. And I think that that, you know, was a very important thing for me to learn and understand. Um, and I think I have a, a very sort of important, uh, not revelation, but kind of understanding now that, you know, the people who, we, who are with you just for you and don't really care about your career or your success or anything like that, they're just with you for you and that they just want to spend time with you. I think those are, I think, I mean, it sounds, again, it sounds very basic and, and obvious, but I think those are the people that you should be spending time with. And those are the people that, that, you know, that you should surround yourself with. I think that's a very important thing. Mm. I, I don't think it's even basic or obvious because I think there's so many times where you kind of do forget that and you forget yeah. to even be yourself in front of people. And the kind of journey, I think, to discovering yourself is actually learning that to be truly who you are authentically inside out, to find people who like in the show who they can be really honest about how they're feeling mm. internally. Like that's such an important moment to get to in life. And I think it's so beautifully shown on screen too. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think as well, you know, I've never, I always sort of take the um, thing of like, I never, firstly, I never assume anyone like knows who I am. Um, I think that's quite a good way to, to sort of go about things. Um, generally but you know a lot of the time I will not 
think about that element you know like you said I won't think about that element of oh maybe they're only friends with me for this reason um and a lot of the time you know someone will sort of say something or speak to me and I'll be like oh that's really nice of them you know like I can't believe that's that's so nice that's so that's so cool of them and then someone like one of my close friends will be like yeah but they only did that because you know because you're an actor and I think that's a I, I always, it's, it's honestly like, I always forget, um, which is, it, it is difficult, but it, again, it's good to have friends and family around you who are sort of, who are aware of it because I'm, sometimes I can be really, really, really dumb about it. Mm. That's the thing about having great allies, right? Like having mm. those wing people in your life who are gonna, you know, be like, give the advice, give you those moments, yeah, give you those exactly. talks, pull you back from those moments. Exactly. And I think the show achieves so much on so many levels. And I think you must be so proud about the conversations it's starting as well. Yeah, absolutely. For you, what is the thing you're proudest of achieving with this show? I mean, I think that I've got to say, like, there, there's not much debate. There was one Heartstopper fan who tweeted out that um, that they had shown the scene in which I... I sort of come out to um, to my mum in the show and they'd shown that to their parents and then used that to come out to their parents. And I found that so, you know, you know, I honestly felt quite emotional about it because it was just like, you know, as a, as an 18 year old actor, I've been given the opportunity to like have that kind of effect on someone's life um, and give them the confidence um, in themselves to, you know, to have that conversation with their parents. I think that's takes so much bravery and so much confidence. And even to be able to contribute a tiny bit to that is a, a, a massive, massive honour that I will never, ever take for granted, honestly. And I'll never forget being given this opportunity. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, when I saw that tweet, I was just like, you know, this show has done exactly what we wanted it to do. Yeah. Mm. Cause that, that is what we had hoped. We hoped that it would empower people and give people the confidence in themselves and, and help them sort of love themselves. Um, and I think that that's um, even, even just achieving that to certain, to any kind of extent is, is wonderful. So the fact that we were able to do that is, yeah. Mm. Do you think it's given you a new level of confidence and sort of self-love in yourself as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the nature of seeing so many, you know, so many queer people just so proudly themselves and so proud to be themselves is, is one of the most honestly empowering things. And I think there's a moment in the show where you see Tara and Darcy at the party and they, um, you know, they kiss in front of everyone. Mm. And, you know, there, there's a shot of me sort of seeing that. And the whole idea is that it's Nick's sort of first time seeing queer people being happy you know, in front of other people. And like sort of that, it's his own queer representation, I suppose, in, in real life. Um, and he sees that and it's just like this overwhelming feeling um, and for me, honestly, when I saw that in real life, it was just one of the most breathtaking things I've ever seen. 
you know, because the lights and it was like the crowds sort of parted. Mm. And it was just, yeah, it was honestly like, it, it's so cinematic in the show, but it was almost more cinematic in real life. It was so, such a spectacle. Um, and I think that's a perfect example of, you know, seeing just the beauty and pride of, of queerness. And I think that's, yeah, I mean, I think that's enough to give you know anyone confidence to be themselves. Things wonderful. 100%. That's the power of it. That's mm. the power of representation. Exactly. Right there. For anyone from any community to see that, it's going to empower other people too. And mm. I think people are quite blind to that sometimes. So I think that's such an amazing way of putting it. And I know that everyone is chomping at the bit for season two already. And season mm. one is just out of the box. But if you could be in that writer's room deciding what's going to happen next... And you could probably put like a little post-it note on that board, whether it's yeah. a couple of storylines. Okay. What would you want to see happen? I mean, obviously the great thing about, about this sort of question is that obviously we have, for example, volume three of Heartstopper and, and mm. the further volumes, um, you know, there's so much material to take from. There's obviously the Paris trip um, and there's the sort of, blooming relationship between Tao and L, which I think would probably be a lot of people's sort of um, main thing on the list. One of their main priorities is to see Tao and L because it's sort of teased at the end of season one. And yeah, I mean, I think that as well, you know, one of the most important elements of the, the later parts of the, of the graphic novels are, you know, the uh, sort of exploration of, of, and development of Charlie's eating disorder, which is obviously a very, very important issue and would be really, you know, I think a really important thing to tackle, um, especially in the sort of heartstopper way, which is quite optimistic and quite, I think just quite hopeful. I think that would be an important thing to, to show. Cause again, you know, that is such a, the representation of eating disorders is so, so it's just so, dark because it's such a, a, a you know an important and pressing issue but I think it would be important to approach that in the hearts of way you know to mm. sort of show people that that you know it can it, it will be okay and that you know I think, I think I think that's important so I'd love to see that that tackled and by Alice you know as 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 she does in the actual graphic novels mm. and it's so important to show the relationship between males and body image on screen because yeah. we really haven't had enough of that yet and so true. everyone at absolutely. some point struggles with it at some point right mm. yeah absolutely i mean i think the body image is 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 so again underrepresented for for like male characters um and even just seeing that in the comics there's a there's a, a bit where um where charlie just looks in the mirror and it's something that you just don't see very often. And I think it's mm. so powerful. Um, and yeah, I think that would be an incredible thing to, to approach in season two if we do, if we do, if we are lucky enough to get that. But yeah, I think because I think body image is something that's so can be so damaging, can be so another one of the, the, the slight negatives of social media. Mm, 100%. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of hope for season two. There's so much hope in Fingers season crossed. one as it is yeah and it's been so great talking to you 
But we always end on one final question, Kit, and that is, in the reign of your life, what is the one rule you always live by? Oh, what is the one rule that I always live by? That's a good question. I think my one rule is just to be nice to other people. Um, it, again, sounds extremely basic, but especially as an actor, I think that there's a sort of slight, not expectation, but stereotype of Hollywood being a sort of slightly cutthroat industry in this, you know, everyone's pretty mean to everyone else and doggy dog world. Um, but I, I think that, you know, if you're just nice to people and you're easy to work with and people want to work with you, then I think you'll go far in the industry, mm. uh, in my opinion. So, yeah. Mm. Well, I think you're going to go very far, especially after this. Thank you so much. And can't wait to see what you do next. And just thank you so much for joining me and sharing your wise words and your fandom for the whole Heartstopper universe, basically. Well, thank you. Because you seem like a number one fan. I am. I am a huge fan of Heartstopper. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much. Honestly, it's been great. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me for another amazing episode of Rain. I really hope you found something to take away from this episode. And if you have, let me know. You can always get me on socials at Josh Smith Hosts. I love to hear from you. And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow wherever you get your podcast from. And more importantly, please share this with someone you think needs to hear it. Let's get those convos going and I'll see you next time. Hi babes, me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do, as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want, and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.